What's up, guys? Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Raise podcast, our first ever podcast here at our new headquarters in North Brunswick, New Jersey. Real excited. We've been talking about doing this podcast for a while now, and here we are, episode number one. We're going to be talking about everything revolved around Eat, Sleep, Race. We've been in this industry for over 20 years of racing, gone to a lot of events, met a lot of cool people behind the scenes, and now we're looking to take those conversations to our headquarters here in front of the camera on our podcast, a lot of cool conversations. We're going to be talking cars. We're going to be talking business. We're going to be talking about a little bit of everything, maybe even some food since it's Eat, Sleep, Race. All right, so let's go around the table and introduce everybody. These are going to be the faces of the podcast. Myself, I'm Brian Yassara, the founder of Eat, Sleep, Race. Back in 2001, I created the original three box logo, and that has grown to become the brand that we are today. Started off with just stickers and t-shirts, and now we have a whole lot of everything. And I'm going to go ahead and start with Eric at the end of the table over there. Eric, you could go ahead and introduce yourself. What's going on, guys? Uh, my name's Eric. You can call me E. Uh, basically, I run operations here over at Eat Sleep Race and keep these wheels going. What's going on, everyone? My name is Frankie Five. Um, used to be a DJ, so that's why I call myself Frankie Five. Actually, Call myself Frankie Five after Vinny Ten for all you old school drag racers out there. You guys knew Vinny Ten had a Supra. Um, I had a Supra back then, and and my dream was to run in the fives. And I'm actually still holding that up to be able to do that. I actually was talking to Krista Baldwin, and she actually said, "Hey, you could jump in my ride and go fives if you wanted to." So um, hopefully, you take me up on that again because I want to. I want to actually go down the track in in five seconds or less. But um, been doing this for a long time and. And I'm one of the partners here at Eat Sleep Race, and you know, hopefully we're gonna have a good conversations with this. What's going on, guys? My name is Hugo. I don't have any cool nicknames. That's it. Um, <laughs> basically, I just handle all the racer liaison, and that's it. Hi, right, guys. My name's Nick, or Nav, depending on whatever you want to call me. The reason people call me that is because I run a media page called Nav Lifestyle Media. I uh, specialize in automotive media production, and I'm part of the media team, or technically run the media team, here at Eat Sleep Race. What's going on, guys? My name is Ricky Silva. Uh, most of you guys know me as a racer. I have a sport front-wheel drive car, one of the import racers in the area. Uh, also a business owner. I own a company called Pro Bearing that does uh, ceramic bearings, and my day job, I work at CLM Motorsports, so that's where a lot of you guys may know me from. Uh, been in the industry for a long time. I've known these guys for a very long time. And, you know, we're here to just have a little conversation today and talk about some of our experiences in the past. Our first topic for the night is trade shows. I want everybody to go around the table and let's talk about what your favorite trade show is and one of your favorite reasons to go to that trade show. And let's start off with Eric. Oh, me? Yeah. All right. So... My favorite trade show is the Licensing Expo. Um, you get to meet a lot of different people in that industry. If you're not familiar with it, uh, licensing is pretty much involved in everything. Uh, there's IP, intellectual property that people own, and there's products and shows and all sorts of things that you can apply to that. Licensing Expo is where you go to learn about all of that. And for me personally, um, it's my favorite expo because I got to meet Miss Universe. So that's a big plus for me. Wait, which Miss Universe? Uh, Pia, Miss Universe, oh. Miss Philippine. Y'all know about her. Like meet her to I, hang I, out I with her. I don't. Oh, you don't? I don't know who that is. 
So she was Miss Philippines, and she went on to win, you know, everything. And, you know, she's pretty much my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Your ex-girlfriend? Yeah. So, you, so you say you went there, you started dating her after you went to that trade show. Oh, no, it was only at the trade show. Uh, you know, I, I took two pictures. She remembered me. <laughs> Big question is, are you guys following each other on Instagram right now? You know, I don't, no, th- I don't he, think he, he blocked her. He blocked her. She was acting all types of crazy, and he blocked her. He was I like, nah, I can't do this that. no more. Sorry. I did see her tag him on a reel, though, I, I believe. Oh, <laughs> oh that was him? I thought it was well, you don't want you don't want Eric's girl to find that out, anyway. So this, this is a long time ago. I haven't okay. gone in a few years. Francis, you're, <laughs> I, I would say um, my favorite trade show ever since I got into this scene was uh, SEMA, which is uh, the Specialty Equipment Market Association, I, I believe. Um, it's pretty much anything aftermarket, right? So... Car, car aftermarket parts, uh, you know, you could see your turbos, body kits. Uh, back in the day, a lot of the tuner. What's a body kit? What's a body For kit? For our young listeners. Oh, do they still make body Wing, kits? Wings West. They Wings still West. make body kits. Arabuni. Do you remember Arabuni? Arabuni uh, You know what the kids know Shogun now these kits. days are Rocket Bunny. Yes. Rocket Bunny is one. But back in the day, Wings West. Anything in the Nopi catalog. Who knows? Remembers Nopi. I don't think a lot of people I have, remember. I have that. No, no idea what that is. You guys got a few years on me. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, <laughs> so so. Nopi is number one's parts international. I never knew that. Yeah, that's what it stands for. And uh, the Myers brothers were the you know the founders of that company, and they were basically, if you remember, magazine Super Street magazine, right in the middle. You'd open it up, and there'd be like four pages of Nopi. So you'd see all the body kits, and everybody, like, oh, I got to get that body kit. Um, and actually, I was listening to a podcast with John Nadari, who was the Super Street editor. He's talking about JC uh, uh, Garcia with the Fields body kit. You guys remember the yellow EK hatch? Yep. Which is crazy just to know that like those were like the trend centers back in the days. So you know, SEMA is definitely my, my my favorite show. Did you say what your favorite reason why to go that trade show was? Oh I, no, I, I didn't. Oh, I thought that that was a long explanation. No, All my parts. I mean, the models were like. Yeah. Probably the number one reason. <laughs> like you'd be like there. Oh, which model is this? Jerry Lee. Oh wow. Oh, Jerry Lee. So just keep in mind if you're going for business, don't have Francis on your roster. <laughs> he's not going to do any business. I'm, I'm the <laughs> entertainment maybe, guy. Maybe a know? different kind of business. Hugo, what you got? Um, I think for me, I really have two trade shows that I'm very well into that I like to go into would be PRI, which is uh performance racing industry and also the shot show um which is deals with firearms both of them are very similar as far as the networking goes you get to see new products you also the most important thing is you know you see the the people that you talk to on a hugo are there models at the shot show no oh man i'm definitely not going friends out he's not not going not too many he's out a bunch of dudes with beards yeah (laughs) and um, flannel shirts lots of flannel shirts and uh khaki pants and steel toe <laughs> boots there Car- cargo khakis right yeah with with a little splash of camo on it <laughs> we're gonna but, throw uh the light on hugo right now i said pick your favorite trade show you just said <laughs> i want to name two you got to pick one so which one is it um i would have to say i probably like shot show just because i like the guns so i'm gonna go opposite there my favorite trade show is pri we've been going and setting up there for five years now and 
my favorite reason for going to that trade show is networking. We've met a lot of cool people, a lot of created a lot of new relationships, met a lot of new friends that started at PRI. Um, who do we meet there? Willie, who was the first? Person? Honestly, we I could go down the whole list. That'd be in that'll pages take up the of hour. names of. Do new you remember people. the first person that you met that helped us grow as a business? I can't. I to think, be honest with you, that's a good question. I think. The first person that comes into my, my head is uh, Asian Farm Truck. Yeah, from Street Outlaws. That's yep. literally saw him walking down the aisle, and that's what you need to do at trade shows. You need to man up and just go up to random people and talk because that's literally what happened at the trade show. We were just standing in our booth, and everyone was, you know, when you see these guys from Street Outlaws for your first time and you're a fan of the show, you're like, oh, shit, that's what's his name? And that's literally what happened. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go talk to this guy and just introduce myself. And we grew a business relationship with Asian and Farm Truck over the years. And shout out to Asian and Farm Truck. Yeah. They're down in Australia right now, I think. Were you starstruck? Yeah. No, to be honest, I'm starstruck at every PRI I go to because, you know, seeing a lot of the people that you, I follow on social media, um, Instagram mostly, and just following them, becoming a fan on their social media and then going to the trade show exactly what i say networking it's seeing these people in real life and it's one thing just seeing them you know a lot of people have autograph sessions and it's another thing actually creating relationships starting a conversation but yeah, i think that's important right like when you go to these trade shows and i think we were talking this before we started the podcast ricky was don't go there if you're if you're someone thinking you're going to get something out of it like a like a sponsorship right don't go in there thinking you're going to do that because that's not the purpose, right? So I'm actually going to save that for after we get around the <laughs> yeah, table. Yeah, I, I like to go on tangents. I got so. a question here for everyone. You could think ahead of time. What is your top thing not to do at a trade show? So don't answer that right now. Let's get into Ricky's favorite trade show. So I'm going to have to go with what Brian said. Uh, I'm going to have to say PRI as well. Uh, I haven't had the pleasure to go to SEMA yet. SEMA actually always falls on a big race weekend for us. So it kind of, you know, the racing trumps the trade show. I think but, we need to uh, put a, a request into Jason Miller and, you know, say, hey, can we do this in like late November? That's never going to happen. <laughs> 20, 25, they got 25 years. Hey, Jason, uh, I want to go to SEMA. So can we do World Cup in <laughs> He's late like, how about you? How so about they, you don't? They have 25 years on that same weekend, so I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but, that's crazy. Um, 25 years for World yeah. Cup. Well, actually, yeah, I think this year might yeah. have been 26. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but yeah, PRI is a, a number one for me. I like PRI, for, you know, from a racer standpoint, you get to go in a business standpoint even. You get to go around and put names to faces, meet people that you've probably talked to 100 times through email. Um also seeing, you know, some of the new cool products and cars on display, things you've either seen on TV or on the Internet. The other thing is just kind of going back to what Brian was saying is you get to see a lot of these people that you've seen on the Internet or on TV or, you know, the street outlaw guys have been a big thing for the last couple of years. That's a big attraction there. Minus but the models. The one thing <laughs> that I will say is, you know, what Brian said is, don't be scared to go up to these guys. At the end of the day, these guys or girls are all normal people just like us who are all just diehards in the industry, you know, maybe doing it for a living, doing it for fun on a different level than what we might be doing. But at the end of the day, they're normal people just like us. 
whether so it's a business s- owner or racer or anyone at a company that you're a fan of, right? Everybody. Yeah. Don't, f- don't be afraid to go up to anybody at that point. Basically at the, at the end of the day, I would just say, if you see somebody that, Hey, you want to start a business relationship with, go up, introduce yourself, you know, show some interest in their product or what they're doing and go from there. Cause you'll, you'll get to a point where a lot of times people will be like, Oh man, you know, like, I've heard of you guys or, you know, I've seen you before, you know, what's going on. And then you build a relationship from there. So, you know, there's a lot of networking opportunities at trade shows like PRI and SEMA and even SHOT Show, like Hugo said. So there's definitely some good opportunities. Hey, Ricky, I'd like to get your perspective later around how to approach a business with, you know, networking. And because, for example, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get a couple, you know, we set up at PRI, we have our booth and we have a lot of people come up and they just start shaking our hands and, Obviously, from a business perspective, we're cordial and we understand, we listen to hear. What is your approach to, you know, meeting someone new? I'd like to, you know, hear about that a little bit. Okay. So the biggest thing uh, with PRI and any trade show, these companies are there to try to generate sales. At the end of the day, it's about making money. They're there. A lot of these companies have these booths. They cost thousands of dollars. The last thing they want to hear about is that you need something for free. So... I know that's the harsh reality of it, but unfortunately, that's what it is. When you show up there, hey, show interest. Maybe if it is somebody that you've spoken to before, go say hello, introduce yourself, and just plant the seed. Plant the seed, and then now you got to water the seed. So every time you do meet them, you just open up the door. Hey, hello, how's it going? You know, show interest in what they're doing, and then just make the connection and then reach out later. So you'll get guys that'll come up and hey, they hand you a phone book, which some guys might not know what that is, of all their achievements and accolades and what they can offer and do for these companies. These guys that are flying home don't want to carry home your phone book. They don't want to carry home sponsorship proposals and decks and stuff like that. So the biggest thing with trade shows is I would try to just use it as a networking opportunity to come in, say hello, introduce yourself, and then approach them afterwards when they get back to the office hey met you at pri i'm such and such uh if you're looking to get involved with whatever it is you're trying to do open up the door and at least try to talk to them a lot of times you'll notice that things don't happen overnight so you might see you know guys like eat sleep race they've been there a bunch of years now when they first started off they had a small booth now their booth's a lot bigger they've grown it's the same thing with racers and business relationships with these companies it might take you two years of catering to a company before something actually happens sometimes you got to start off on a smaller scale with building the relationship so don't be afraid to take baby steps to build something great because that's usually how it works a lot of people you know you know this instant gratification world now they want to hey i'm such and such give me a million dollars unfortunately it doesn't work that way And that's the one thing that a lot of people don't realize. You see a lot of young kids that are walking around, you know, like a circle track guys. I'm just use them as an example, um, handing out, you know, hero cards, hero cards, promotional materials. It's like a lot of times I hate to say sponsorship decks, sponsorship decks, proposals. You shouldn't be giving proposals to a company (laughs) that you don't know because you're proposing to them that you don't know what they need. Yeah. And to be honest with you, we've, we've gotten those and we're like, they okay, end up in the we garbage. Un- we understand. No, they're actually in that red 
Char over there. So a lot of <laughs> I've learned I've learned this over the years. I've been going to a lot of trade shows, been in the industry on a lot of different levels over the years. And the one thing I have learned and it's kind of unanimous across the industry is a lot of times any of these materials that get handed out at shows don't end up making it back to the office. Yeah. And just, you so. know, exactly what you said. I think all of us here can reciprocate that and say from a business meet, make friends. Yes. 100%. I, I will back a friend more than a person saying I could provide this for you. Make a friend, make a sale. That's what they say. Exactly. Absolutely. So I started off as going to trade shows as part of a race team. Got to see the business side of it a little bit yep. at a younger age. Then, you know, fast forward a couple of years later, I started racing on my own. Then it's like, all right, you know, let's try to chase a couple dollars here and there. Cause obviously at the end of the day, we all need money to go racing. So I started doing it from that side of things. So, you know, you learn things like Brian said, I was also the guy who went to these trade shows with proposals to hand out and you quickly realize I'm not going to hand these out. But you so, did have a good, you did have a good deck though. I did have a good deck. It was nice. But I also <laughs> was still learning at that phase. And then now going back as a more established racer and also a business owner, you kind of learn from both sides of it where it's like, you need to learn what these companies want. And that's what the trade shows are there for. At the end of the day, these companies want to make money. Everyone wants to make money. Yep. You want money to go racing. You want money to go promote your brand. So at the end of the day, you got to learn what these companies need, what they need you to provide. Like everyone thinks, oh, you just provide exposure. Exposure doesn't make dollars half the time. So you want to provide these companies what they're looking for. And then that's the only way you're going to know that is by getting to know these companies. You know, like these guys right here, I've known them for a very long time. Their wants and needs have changed over the years as their brand has grown. And it's the same thing with every company, especially in these day and age of the market changing so much and, you know, social media constantly changing. That's going to change these companies' wants and needs. And then that's where you need to step in and show them as a racing, a racer, a business partner, someone that's looking to become a dealer hey, you know what? This is what I could help do for you guys. And when you stand out and you're different than everyone else, they're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to go give this guy a shot and see what happens and go from there. And that's how you'll build up that rapport with them, eventually becoming, you know, a dealer or a sponsored racer, just a business partner in general. You know, you'd be surprised at how much happens at these trade shows from conversations like that. And sometimes those conversations don't happen at the trade show. Sometimes they happen after hours at the bar. Let's put that on pause, Ricky, and talk about that <laughs> later. I, we, I know we went on a little bit of a tangent, but I do want to talk about the bar because you're right. That's where we do. But we, let's, let's hear from Nick on, on his thoughts with trade shows. Oh, man. I, we got <laughs> so far from that. I completely I know, forgot. I know. Yeah, so my favorite trade show is SEMA. Um, I've been to PRI also, but I like SEMA a little bit better just because of the diversity, right? So there's a full diversity in the automotive lifestyle. And I feel like the networking opportunities are a lot more diverse. And like I can meet people from, from different parts that aren't just from racing, especially as someone that wants to do media. I don't wanna like pigeonhole myself into only meeting people that do racing. Like I wanna do all different events, maybe drifting, maybe you know do stuff like grid life, lifestyle, stance, whatever. So for me, I prefer SEMA. So I got a question for the table right now. What is the one thing you would say not to do at a trade show? So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, you know, 
don't get drunk. I beg to differ on that, but why do you say that? Well, we've heard so many stories. I think all of us here has been to a couple of PRIs more than once. And I think the biggest story is like, oh, did you see that guy got punched because he was pissed drunk out of the, outside of the club and he was just, he was drinking so much. I think, you know, that definitely sets a bad expectation on, on that person. I have to agree with him on that because the biggest thing is, remember, you're still there conducting business. So handle exactly. yourself in a business-like matter. You know, just, you know, if you run into people, they want to buy you a drink, you want to buy them a drink, absolutely. But, you know, know, when it, know your limits and know when it's time to say, like, hey, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to go home because i got to be up tomorrow, early tomorrow. I think tomorrow. that brings us back, Ricky, to what we were talking about earlier. A lot of the networking at these trade shows doesn't happen during the show. It actually happens after hours because, obviously, after the trade show, you got to eat. So whatever restaurant you're going to, whatever bar you're going to, if it's in town, it's probably guaranteed someone from the industry is going to be in that same location you are. So kind of keep a reminder to yourself to you're not there to party you're there to make money exactly you're there what for ricky business. said earlier yeah so keep in mind wherever you're going after the show you're going to be running into people in the industry which is also i kind of beg to differ about getting drunk because a lot of people loosen up when they're drunk right so the goal here is to make friends start new relationships if you're a little bit more relaxed after you have a couple of drinks in you I think it's just don't yeah, get not, fall on your face drunk. Right. Like, no, right. Yeah, don't don't get white girl wasted. White girl <laughs> wasted is a perfect example. Says don't the, get white girl wasted at trade shows. Says the one with the Starbucks cup. That's it. Hey, <laughs> and we all have red cups here. They did not sponsor us for this. Not so. sponsored by Starbucks. <laughs> but if you want to sponsor us, Starbucks, hit us up. Uh, we'll, we'll send you an email. Drinking? Not a bad idea no, at trade I mean, shows. They actually offer free drinks at the trade show. The, a lot of booths will offer free beers. The first, no, the first, the first night there, um, PRI does the, at welcome the thing. Lucas Oil Stadium, yeah. a welcome. And open bar. Open bar, Bud yeah. Lights all around. Everyone's drinking Bud Lights. No, no Bud Heavies. Bud Lights. And, and actually, I remember we went, you could see Hugo, we all be lying that we're hungry. Because that's actually the first day that you're just tired from setting up and getting all ready and... We'll see everybody. They're like, oh, why is Eric Hugo and Francis over here again? They're hungry. They want the free food. Trying to get that, that hors d'oeuvre. So don't get white girl wasted. Top thing not to do at a trade show. I want to get back to Ricky's point. Another top thing not to do at a trade show. Don't ask for sponsorships directly at the trade show. Don't go up to a booth with a presentation deck and just be like, hey, who's the marketing guy here? And pass them over a marketing deck expecting anything, you're not going to get anything. I think the most important thing for us, or for me actually, is don't be the guy coming up asking for free shit. Because at the end of the day, we are there to conduct business, and there's no business in free shit. So Depends what type of free shit, because... At the trade shows, a lot of booths, they, they actually give out free shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, what Hugo's trying to say is don't go up to the booth and say, I'm here to meet the person who could give me 100 grand for this year to fund my race because it's like not free product, I think, is what Hugo is trying to say. Yeah, I mean, people are just always coming up I asking, mean, hey, um, what do I got to do to get a free t shirt? Um, yeah, well, buy it. I mean, we do get free stickers, so. <laughs> yeah, it's we just a different level of free. Yeah. But not to say that uh, decks are not 
you know, useful because I think down the line, once you create a friendship and get to that point of, hey, we want to sponsor you, a lot of these big companies, they require decks, especially when you're dealing with the big corporations. I mean, Eat Sleep Race, we're a small business, but when you're getting up there with companies that are publicly listed, these marketing guys require decks, but you're not even going to get to that point to present your deck unless the, you have a friendship. Not at the trade show. Like, like you, oh, don't, yeah. you don't bring that to the trade show. No, you'll need a deck down the line if you're, you know, working with a big corporate yeah, company. Yeah, once, once it gets serious, right? Once, you don't need to bring it to the trade show, though. Once you get into the boardroom, at that point, you're past the decks. At that point, you're listening to these companies. You're trying to find out what it is they need, and then you're presenting them with whatever your solution is going to be for them. At the end of the day, there's whatever it is, hopefully is involving in getting them more money, getting them more impressions, you know, getting more eyes on their brand, whatever it is that they may be looking for. But yeah, at the trade shows, you definitely want to just try to make the connection with whoever it is. A lot of times you'll go to these booths and there's just a bunch of sales guys working there. Even the big wigs might not be there because the big wigs have meetings scheduled. And usually by Friday afternoon, those guys are gone. So that's another thing is on the first day is we try to conduct as much business as you can. That's a very important thing. Hey, and, and congrats on that renewal for your sponsorship this year. You know, that's, a, you. that's a big one. Who's that, who is that renewal from? From McLeod Racing Clutches. Um, we've been with them. This is going on our third year. Again, people think things happen overnight. Did you give them a deck? I actually <laughs> did it. So I, uh, I met the guy, one of the reps from McLeod at he used to come to some of our races they were a vendor at a couple of the races we went to and this was you know Hugo can attest to it because Hugo helped put the introduction in place and this was probably a good two-year relationship in the making you know just kind of building it up talking with them giving them some feedback on their products again never asked for a dollar you know just kind of you know friends at the track hey what's going on you know what are you guys working on stuff like that and then, believe it or not, it was during COVID. Um, they were looking to shift from the drifting market that they were in more towards uh, sport compact drag racing. And they were like, hey, you know, send us over a proposal as to what it's going to take to get our name on your car. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, are you guys sure? It's like so it's you 2020. Didn't, you didn't ask for this. They came to you. They came to us. Um, they came to me saying, hey, listen, you know, this is what we're looking to do. Uh, we've been following your stuff for a while. We want to maybe put something together, you know, pitch us. So it was very weird because this was literally during May of 2020, where obviously COVID was going on. A lot of companies are backing out. Events are getting shut down. And it's like, all right, well, you sure? So it's like, hey, listen, like right now we're not racing. So this is what I could help you do on social media, product development, stuff like that. So we started working. And then it was like, all right, well, we're not really ready, but let's maybe do something for next year. Like, okay, so kind of, you know, we went on, helped them out with a few things here and there. And then it turned into, you know, when 2021 came around, it's like, all right, well, we're ready to make something happen. And we put something on paper and we went back and forth and came to an agreement. And we, this is going on our third year now. And we got them, you know, they're helping develop some new products for them with some new companies they acquired. They just... Uh, bought out a company called Powertrain Technologies, another clutch company. So McLeod has a big uh, umbrella, basically. They've 
they have like a parent company that it owns a bunch of different drivetrain companies. And at this point, we're helping doing product development on the powertrain technology side of like multi-plate clutches for, you know, sport compact, even domestic stuff. But we'll be handling some of uh, the import drag racing clutch development for them. That's awesome. Shout out to uh, Krista Baldwin. Yes, Krista, Bob, Will, Lisa, yeah. the whole crew over there. Been, uh, pretty great. Yeah, Paul's uh, Paul's always uh, on the run. He's got his own Nitro Funny Car oh, team that's to right. run. Lisa Kubo. Yes, Lisa Kubo, another OG. Oh. Actually, believe it or not, the guy I've been working with directly on the development of these new clutches is uh, Gary Kubo. He's also working over there. Oh, Gary's so, there too. Yeah, they got a they got a nice little dream team going over there at that company. Man, I tell Lots you, lots of knowledge in that in yes. that group. Gary and Lisa are like on another level when it comes to working out. Yes. Holy cow! That's, I've been seeing their Instagram. Yeah, they are they're hardcore. Yeah, they're hardcore. Yeah, that's crazy. Talking about networking, you know, outside of trade shows, events is a great opportunity to network. I'm talking about races car shows, whatever you may be into anywhere where there is someone in the industry that you, you know, participate in. And let's talk about a big event coming up in Florida next weekend, world series of pro mod drag illustrated world series of pro mod. Shout out to Wes and drag illustrated team out there. I know we're going to be there. Uh, we're going to have the eat, sleep, race and fast kids club pop-up shops and big deal for us. We are also running the merchandise for World Series of Pro Mod, shout out to Wes for, uh, and Vic for asking us to make that happen with them. I know Ricky is gonna be there racing in the X front wheel drive class. Um, even though it is World Series of Pro Mod, they're gonna have a bunch of different other you know, racing classes there. Do you know like the, the rundown of all the other classes they're gonna have there? Yeah, so the World Series of Pro Mod is a $100,000 to win invitational race that's focused around uh, Pro Mod racing. So it's any big tired rear wheel drive car. There's a bunch of different combinations uh, as far as power adders go. It's uh, pretty much the fastest, what they consider door slammer class in, in the world. Then they are also going to have a Mountain Motor Pro Stock, which is a big cubic inch, naturally aspirated, uh, similar style tube chassis car. They're also going to have factory stock showdown or factory stock shootout. I forget what, how they're calling it. But those are your like factory hot rod classes, mostly con compromised of um, Mustangs, Camaros, and like Challenger, all like factory hot rods that you can buy from the dealer. They're all like high seven second, eight second cars. And then we're going to have the X front wheel drive challenge where we'll be competing. It's an invitational style event. Also, that's a uh, 20,000 a win. Same thing, front wheel drive, uh, small tire limited, turbo limited class. And then there's also a couple other things. I think they have like a top dragster class for just kind of open running. And um, I want to say some kind of sportsman uh, index class, if I'm not mistaken. But that'll be held at uh, Bradenton Motorsports Park in Florida, March third through the fifth. So we'll probably be heading out. Yeah, there Ricky, in a next days. week, not today. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> so Ricky I originally I, thought he couldn't be on the podcast today because he thought I, he was going to Florida. I yeah. text Ricky, "Hey, what are you doing Friday?" He's like, "Hopefully running sevens." I thought and then Hugo texts about, about next week. <laughs> I thought you were talking about next Friday. No, 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 no. So $100,000, is one class going to get like a $100,000 pot or is it 100000 divided by all classes? How's that work? That's so, a lot of money. In the words of uh, Wes Buck, who's the founder of Drag Illustrated that's putting on the race, he's writing one check. So you guys want to split it, divvy it up, that's on you. He's like, 
they're cut in one check. So it's a hundred thousand to win to the winner for one specific class for pro mod. The pro mod class is a hundred thousand dollars to the winner. Wow. The sport for uh, X front wheel drive class is going to be 20,000 to the winner. Wow. Yeah. And the other classes I'm not sure the about podcast, the breakdown. And he said, there's going to be six winners in total out of that. That's there's going to be 200 racers. Yes. And only six winners. They're yeah. not playing games over there. And how much total between these six winners do you think? Um, Ricky's I, doing the math in his head. Probably right now. 100 cl- probably, plus 20 plus. Yeah, probably close to 200 grand total that they're Sheesh. handing out. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Cash money. And you know what? You know, they're, they're putting a lot of effort into making this a really good event. The, the one thing that Wes said, I was watching his podcast, was. You know, yes, the six winners are, are going to be the six winners, but what do you do with the other 200, the, the other 194 racers, right? Someone might not even qualify. Yeah. So the cool format of that race is actually that uh, it's a chip draw for every round. So pretty much they'll run a, qual- you know, I think we're getting four qualifiers. So after the four qualifiers for our class, they're going to take the top 16 cars. And then on Sunday, it's a chip draw every round. So you don't know who you're racing until you draw your number out of the bag. And the Pro Mod, they're actually doing a 32-car field. So I think they have about 60 cars entered total for that class, and it's going to be 32 to race. So I want to know, are you there to to break your record, or are you there to win? I want the 20 grand, buddy. Let's get it. I had something like... 30 minutes ago to add on to what Ricky said about marketing, <laughs> but, I, but, but he, he was going. So I was like, what not to do at trade shows. Right. So my first time at PRI, um, I went with you guys, but I, I had like no roles. I was in charge of the booth. We weren't doing media. I was literally just there to network. So I figured it'd be cool to go around and interview people on the marketing teams of like how to get my work in front of people. And they just gave me like an overall, like how you can network with people, you know, in these industries and how to like get your face in front of the marketing team. Building off what Ricky said, they were saying that you need to have good relationships. You need to not be like, oh, this is what I'm trying to sell you. This is like what I can do for you. You just need to get them to know your name and then start figuring out what it is that these companies need, right? So like, Ricky, if you're running a suspension component for a company, they're not sponsoring you, but you're sending them media, you're, you're giving them feedback on the products. They're going to be like, Oh, Ricky is a racer. He goes, he goes out, he races, he's giving us feedback. That's stuff that they need. So they're going to look at you even more now, as opposed to somebody that's just like, Oh, send me a free part. And then I can give you this feedback because you're already a consumer for them. So that's something that companies are looking for. They want to build relationships. They don't want you to just be like, oh, give me your stuff, and then like I'll do X, Y, and Z. They want you to already be doing it, and then they'll consider you for actually being on part of their team. Like, um, I don't remember who you said earlier that reached out to you, but the same way they reached out to you, mm-hmm. that's what they're going to end up doing. So touching on what you're saying about that, a lot of times these companies are more willing to work some- with somebody that's already an existing customer. Because if you're... If you're 100%. out, if yeah, you're out 100%. buying their stuff, that means you believe in their product. Right. If you're just like, hey, you give this to me for free, I'm going to promote you. That doesn't mean much to them. Some companies, they take that, you know, but that's kind of on face value. Like you're not getting much out of that. But if you come to a company and you're like, hey, I really like your product. I've been buying it for years. You know, is there anything you guys can help me with or anything I can help you with? And they're like, oh, you know what? This guy believes in our stuff. Sure. No problem. Let's, let's do something with him. And going back to what Nick was saying about, 
providing these companies media. That's the one thing that a lot of people that I hear from a lot of companies that, and even I deal with this in my own company where a company will help a racer out or help whoever, and then they never hear from them again. Then all of a sudden, you know, eight, nine months later, they pull up the same email that they asked them for something in eight months ago and say, hey, by the way, I need this now. This company's like, oh man, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard from you <laughs> since. Who are you? Or even there's times where you'll get these companies and it's like, oh, well, Brian doesn't work there anymore. So now you're talking to the new marketing guy. The biggest thing that people don't see, and it's something that involves work is after your events, your races, your trade shows, you got to give these companies a, you know, sponsorship is a job on its own. You got to put in the work. It's, it's a job. It's one of those things where you got to send them emails and Hey, yeah. here's how I did this weekend. Communication at the end of the you day. Know, and it's, that's it's just not getting free product. It isn't. There's a lot more and to putting, it. putting their name on your car. That's the last thing they care about. Right. Is your name on, or a sticker on a car is the last thing half these companies care right. about. What they want to know is like what Nick was saying, where send them media, send, give them nowadays, everything's social media. These companies need content. So it's like, Hey, win, lose, or draw, tell them how you did, send them pictures. And then you'll hear after, you know, a year or two of doing it, you might not get responses to half of these emails because that's, these guys are busy. They have tons of racers. You know what your best case scenario is in any networking opportunity? When you go up to someone, introduce yourself and they say, I know who you are. Big time. And that is number one recommendation here is put in the work, get yourself out there, you know, I hate to say this, but be the influencer online so that when you are meeting people, you've already made an impact for someone to say, I know who you are. Let me listen to what you have to say here. Because like relative to what Nick and Ricky were saying, I'm more prone to have a conversation, you know, just in my shoes for Eat Sleep Race, for somebody who's bought my product, supports the brand, Absolutely. Before someone who says, I'll wear your stuff if you do this for me. I'd rather go to somebody who comes up to me and be like, oh, yeah, I've seen you on Instagram posting our stuff, tagging us on your page. Pretty cool to meet you. Rather than someone who shows up, hands a deck. Hey, I'm this. They've never heard of you before. I, th or, I see it like this way, Bright. If you make an investment with us, we will make an investment with you. Right. And that's every company. Support right? those who support you. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's every company. And it's like Nick said. Every industry. Everything. Okay. And every form of yeah. business. And that's the thing. It's like just providing them with something. Like not just, hey, you sent me a product six months ago. I need something else. You know, let them know how you're doing. Let them know what's going on. Show them what you're doing. Give them a proof of performance report, you know, at the end of the year to show that, hey, these companies that I helped support and gave stuff to that helped me out. This is what I did for them. And then, you know what, at the end of the year, when you say, Hey, how about, can you help me with this now? They're going to be like, you know what? No problem because you did a lot for us or you helped us. And Hey, not, it doesn't always go that way. Those conversations, but you got to put it out there to give them something to work with. I'm actually going to bring up a testament. It's going to be funny if this guy's listening right here, but I've had a guy call me probably three, four times since PRI. And every time he calls, hey, this is blah, blah, blah. We met at PRI. I handed you the, my deck. Do you have a minute? I don't have a minute for you, bro. You had nothing else to me to say. 
at PRI. Like, I don't even know where this guy got my phone number from, to be honest with you. But I think, I think on the internet. He probably, I, I don't <laughs> doubt. I don't. Pro- I don't doubt he public right. Yeah, if you uh, if you look me up hard enough, you could find my cell phone number on the internet. But that's <laughs> kind of creepy. But he did go that far enough to find my personal cell phone number, and that's all he has to say when he calls me. And I got no time for you. Yeah, yeah it, I think the biggest takeaway from all this, like everyone's consensus, is you really have to build in the work to build a relationship. There's no relationship if, if there's no friendship. Like, not much is going to happen, you know? You're just another person. Hugo, what's your uh, advice to... This is friendship 101 right here. How do you create <laughs> In the a, trust tree. Yeah. How do you make in, friends? In the industry, how do you create and start a friendship or relationship with a company that you want to do business with? I got my recommendation. What do you, what do you got? I think the best way is really, once you meet the person, you got to get to know them. It's like meeting a friend anywhere. You got to see what they like. You got to see, you know, what their interests are. I'm going to take what you're you. saying. I agree. I need to start my relationship with, to be able to start working with that company. So let's say it's Joe at XYZ Company. I'm going to follow Joe on Instagram and get to know him on Instagram before I even meet him, right? So let's say Joe's into sneakers. I like sneakers, right? Boom, icebreakers. So when I meet Joe at the trade show, one, I'm going up to XYZ's booth. Hey, is Joe here? Joe's going to come up. Joe. Yo, I, I saw on Instagram last week that you just copped the Jordan 11s that came out. Easy icebreaker right there. Yeah, for sure. Because one, the dude already go, Joe's already going to be like, yeah, I did get those. You, you know about sneakers too. So we just created a mutual interest bond right there. And so now we're both interested in one thing. In your case, it would be guns, right? So you went up to Sam and Sam, he just got the latest Glock. Yo, how'd you know I got that? Oh, I follow you on Instagram, bro. Like, I'm actually happy to meet you in person. And honestly, I would just walk away from there. I wouldn't even talk about business or what I have to offer from that because I got three more days left at that show. I'm bound to run into you at a restaurant or I'm bound to come back to you two days later. And exactly, we're talking about friendships. Like, yo, what's up, Joe? Now Joe remembers who I am. Plant the seed. Talk about Plant leaving an impression. Seed. Right, exactly. Because the next time you see, be like, oh, this guy is cool. And then next thing you know, you'll be like, so what do you do? Exactly. Joe's right? going to ask what, what you, you do, do at that point. And that's where you make your entrance. And in. then it's, you also show them that, you know what? These guys are normal people. You're a normal person. We're all kind of have mutual interests. You know, some people yeah. might like, this guy likes to be a florist. This guy likes to shoot guns. Whatever it is, you that's know a great point because be genuine also that's outside a big of that's racing, a big, as much as key. we yeah. all like cars and racing, I think Hugo is a testament to this. You know, everybody also likes something else. Other people like concerts. Other people like music. Yeah, Hugo clearly likes guns too. So, well, little Hugo heads is, up if you want to be Hugo's friend, you could talk about guns with Hugo him. Hugo is head of <laughs> racer relationships at Eat Sleep Race, so you make sure you're gonna you get to know Hugo. He make likes sure you guns. know about guns <laughs> if, you, if you try to be Hugo's friend. Hey, Hugo, I, I, I like 9 millimeter guns. Don't be that guy, though, that uh, <laughs> tries to talk about guns with Hugo not knowing about guns because then you're probably going to not even become Hugo's friend because when you walk away, he's like, that dude does not know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, don't bullshit. Yeah. People can don't sniff out the bullshit <laughs> so, really, really quick. So, Hugo, when, when, when we send you out, like, so Hugo is really in charge of our relationships with all our racers. If, when we send you out, you're going out to the events and stuff like that. What are you doing to maintain the relationship with our racers, our friends, racers and friends? And First off, I always go towards the 
cars that I'm fans of and racers that I'm fans of because like like we've been talking about I kind of know them beyond the racing so we can build that relationship up and then obviously you know we can both offer different services for each other whether it's you know clothing stick accessories merch that is the business that I'm in so you've been invited to baptisms I've been invited to a lot of different <laughs> um functions you yeah know, with birthdays the racers, right birthdays like these people become my friends in real life so it's not like we know each other from social media and we just shout each other out it's you know they be, they really become friends and family where we're involved in other you know outside activities from business that has nothing to do with racing I think, Hugo, you just went to step two, right? And step one here is what I mentioned earlier. You got to put in the work on social media, 100% social media, if you want to create friendships, valuable relationships, because in today's day and age, magazines, TV, paid ads, you know, like social media is where you become and stay relevant these days. So if you, unfortunately... There's a lot of racers out there, fast cars, cool people who hate social media. And unfortunately, you have zero to offer for a potential sponsor. Yeah, but because of social media, this gives everyone the opportunity equal, to do this. It equals yeah. a playing field. Before, yeah. you, are you had you to know somebody. But now, if you put in the work, you can become somebody. Yeah. And We've you seen, got to like social media because yeah. exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah. There's a lot of guys with fast cars, cool people who hate social media. What do you have to offer? Well, that's a great op- that you know. So here's the thing, right? And and Ricky, I know you know since you 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 know you're part of CLM. There is, I'm not calling out CLM, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying between the shops, right? Like I know there are like oh this shop doesn't fuck with this shop, and you know yeah the the one thing that kind of touching on what like Hugo was saying about just being genuine and creating the friendships and actually, you know, giving a shit about what these people do. It also, you got to be careful. Uh, the industry is big, but it's still very small. Yes. Within two or three phone calls, someone can find out your whole life story. And so be careful when, you know, if you are having a, a bad experience with a company or an individual, be careful of what you say, how you handle that, because, a lot of times that stuff can bite you in the ass and it'll come back to haunt you. You know, like once it's on the internet, it's there forever. Yeah, a lot of the so, key players here, they'll, but you know, we, we check in on each other and kind you, of you throw a name out there and red flags come up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a soap opera. It is, unfortunately. <laughs> but at the same time, like, oh, this shop, nah, F this got, shop. I don't want to Another thing, right. you know, Brian said something about social media being king. To an extent, I kind of agree and disagree with that. Social media is huge right now in the market we're in. But you are starting to see companies starting to pivot away from it because it's getting the, the human connections being lost. The other thing is a lot of these companies also care about like, all right, you don't have social media, but can you offer something business to business? Like, perfect example, Eat Sleep Race. They've been expanding their footprint as far as business to business. Now Eat Sleep Race offers merchandise service to other businesses. They also offer, you know, they have businesses that sell their product. So now it's like, hey, you know, Eric over there might, he doesn't have social media, but you know what? Eric is very well connected with all these people that can sell your product. 
or can't help boost your thing. Just because he doesn't have social media is not a bad thing, but in this day and age, there definitely is a, a very strong emphasis on that. But likes don't always translate to dollars. That's and true. That's something that needs. To I agree. Be, and we I can't agree. put Eric in the corner. No, Eric's not in the corner. But Eric knows people. Can't put. Eric met Miss Universe. It's <laughs> <laughs> so. a big deal. I mean, to be honest deal. with you, this place wouldn't be here if Eric wasn't running this stuff for us. Oh, so, absolutely. You know. And Eric does have social media, by the way. Yeah. It's the, it could be better. Eric, why don't you put ESR at the, at the end of Hustler? Well, never thought to. Didn't you are well. ESR. Come but, on. But it's Ricky, Eric, I think you just sold uh, ESR's potential services uh, <laughs> better than any of us could <laughs> I, I'm just say better ourselves here. I'm we, just saying that there's more to it than social media. We appreciate the plug, Ricky. Because I have seen companies that are starting. You know, there are companies that, you know, that could be something you offer them. Like, hey, listen, you don't have a very big social media presence. I can help you with that. It's good. How about it's the needed. vice versa here of somebody who has a great following on social media and is not monetizing themselves by There's selling merchandise? And There's that's, tons of it. That's where we come in, right? Yes. <laughs> Little plug here. If you yeah, got there a goes lot of, the plug. Yeah, here's the plug. <laughs> if you got plug. a lot of followers, a lot of supporters, and you're not selling merchandise, say what's up to us right here. Send me a DM because our services here is selling merchandise for people who have the ability to sell merchandise and haven't done it in the past. So we have a lot of people approach us. And actually at PRI, a lot of people who say like, man, I want to get merchandise made. I don't know who to go to, or I have merchandise and I don't know how to sell it online. So that's where we come in now with our new fulfillment and production services here where we could take any racer, any influencer and make your merchandise and sell it for you online. Everything ships out of this warehouse right here. And your, your job is to be you. Just continue to be you, build up your fan base, keep, keep being doing relevant. what you're doing. Yeah. And people will support you by buying your merch and you don't have to know. You, you don't, don't have, have to do educate anything yourself. You don't have to know. You nothing don't have to do anything. E-commerce. We All you have to do you. is collect a paycheck. That's right. If you, if you like money and you like marketing and promoting yourself, hit us hit up. up. Eatsleeprace.com. Sales at eatsleeprace.com. <laughs> I think we had a successful first conversation here on the Eat Sleep Race podcast. I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of these. Ricky. Thank you to Ricky, I, man. Yeah, I don't doubt that you'll be back here for a future episode. We're looking forward to having a lot more of our industry friends and maybe even meeting some new people sitting in the hot seat right here. There you go. And no, I think. Did you just name what this is going to be? Yeah, yeah. This, this, is, that's hot seat? Hot this seat. is always going to be the hot that's seat. That's right. We're going to get a new hot seat, though. Nicer one. Nicer one? <laughs> a red one. More comfortable. A <laughs> red no, one. Yeah. I think no, Hugo fun. has the nicest seat out of everybody. He's got the air on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you guys enjoyed listening to the podcast today, make sure you like, share on whatever platform you're watching this on. Um, we're going to be posting this on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Apple wherever you're watching this right now. Like and share, subscribe, follow. Appreciate you guys. And we're looking forward to future episodes. Eat, sleep, raise podcast.